A short history of drunkenness. Yeah. How, why, where, and when humankind has gotten merry from the Stone Age to the present by mm. Mark Forsyth, written in 2018. Yes. So Mark Forsyth is a best-selling writer whose work concerns the meaning and etymology of English words. Etymology is the origin of where a word comes from. Oh, wow. So his focus mainly is on obscure and out-of-use words. So there's a word that he actually tried to bring back into um, politics, you know, in the discussion. Mm. And the word is snollygoster. Mm. A snollygoster is a politician who is guided by personal advantage rather than consistent and respectable principles. Mm. I think in Kenya we have quite a few snollygosters. I have some in mind, but So this book is a humorous and informative look at alcohol and man in history and geography. Mm -hmm. So almost every culture on earth has alcohol. Mm -hmm. And where there's alcohol, there is drunkenness and fun <laughs> and fun mm. but um, in every age and every place drunkenness is a little bit different mm. so it can be religious it can be an offering to ancestors or it can mark the end of a day's work mm. uh, it can send you to sleep but it can also send you to battle mm. so Forsyth traces our love affair with booze from our primitive ancestors all the way to pro um, prohibition mm. answering every possible question mm. along the way yeah. what do people drink how much who did the drinking and why yes. so I think I'll just give a few of like the tidbits that he goes through as he talks about the history of drunkenness yes. so he says that the Aztecs disapproved of drunkenness and the punishment for those who were caught drunk was public strangulation. Yeah. However, if you were an aristocrat, you would be strangled discreetly in the privacy of your home. Uh, he says that there's no word for, there's no word in Italian for hungover, mm. but he actually says that there is, but nobody uses it. Mm. And that's because no Italian man would ever admit to being hungover. hungover. It's taboo. It's taboo. Okay. And I feel like Kenyan men might have that same yeah. thing. Yeah. You don't want to admit to people that the did, did alcohol point, got to you. It acted upon you. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I pointed at you. Um, the ancient um, Parisians, had to, when they had to make an important decision, they would debate it twice. Mm. Once when drunk and once when sober. If they came to the same conclusion both times, they knew it was a good idea and they therefore acted upon it. Wow. <laughs> in ancient China, people got drunk in order to communicate with the spirits of their ancestors. Mm. So they would get drunk and then, I don't know, in a drunk fuel, you know, they'd mm. be like our ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. In the 18th century, London gin makers used to flavor their gin mm. with sulfuric acid mm. to give it a kick. Wow. Not bad for you. No. I guess they, they really wanted to get drunk. It, isn't it like maybe like Chang'a? Right? But it, it did not kill them. Though. No, it did not kill them. And we know that London makes some of the best gin. So that means it's good for them. Exactly. That's yeah. just a few of the tidbits that you get in the book. I would wow. recommend everyone reads it. Very interesting. So he talks about in one of his chapters trans why people drink. Hmm. So he says there's what is what is called transitional drinking. Yes. Basically, where you're drinking to move from one state to another, mm. um, drinking to mark the end of a working day, like you mentioned, mm. yeah. or uh, or the working week, like today, Friday night. Most yes. people will go out have yes. their drinks. Yeah. Um, but if you're a member of the Suri tribe of Ethiopia, you drink to mark the beginning of work. Yeah. So of, of the work day. Yeah. And as they say, so eight o'clock. Yes. Where there is no beer, <laughs> we there is Ethiopia. no work. Let's go to Ethiopia. <laughs> and people also drink at different things: christenings, baptisms. You drink at marriages, mm -hmm. birthdays, even libations at funerals. Yeah. yeah. And each time the drink means something. Mm. It means that an old state of affairs is gone and a new wobblier one <laughs> is coming yeah. or has come. Yeah. And he talks of how, for instance, the Teso tribe of Kenya mm. has a ritual for naming babies. Yes. 
So your grandmother or whoever would yeah. put her finger in beer mm-hmm. and put it in the baby's mouth as saying as as when they say the name. Yes. And if the baby sucks on the finger, yes. that's the name you get. The baby has approved. Yes. <laughs> and they'll keep doing this up until the baby bites yeah, yes, it says yes, yes, yes. Or the Tiriki tribe, which yeah. I think is up in Kiricho or mm-hmm. Yes. A Kalenjin or subtribe of Kalenjin. Right. And um, they pour their beer on the ancestors' graves just in case. Yes. You know mm-hmm. But periodically they'll go to the graves and, libation. and pour some beer. Yeah. And however, there's also what he says that people started drinking because there was nothing better to do. Mm. Yeah, he actually says in the yeah. book that 9,000 years ago, we invented farming mm. so that we could grow barley yes. so that we could yeah. uh, make beer. Yeah, so there and would so be no all. farming if there was no drinking. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting thing. Good to be drunk. So then he says that anthropologists draw a distinction between dry cultures and wet cultures, mm. right? Mm. And in wet cultures, people are increasingly relu- relaxed about alcohol. Yeah. Yes. So, and these are like Southern Europeans. Yeah. I don't know which African countries maybe we can call wet. Mm. You but basically, they're very relaxed about the time in which you would sip alcohol. You would sip it maybe even through the day. Yeah. So you, it's not uncommon to be in Italy sipping limoncello the yeah, whole day. At any yeah. point, yeah. right? Yeah. However, you have dry cultures, which are the very opposite. And they're not dry because there's no alcohol. They're dry mm. because there's strict rules around when people should be drinking. Yeah. So being found to drink in the morning in a north northern European country, mm-hmm. not so nice. Probably also in Kenya. You'll probably be frowned upon if you're trying to have a beer at, at, nine, eight, at yeah. 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning. Who? Oh, wow. We will address <laughs> we'll address that come later. back to this. Yeah. Then you have like some in uh, Ecuador, yeah. the Zumbagua, yeah. who drink in order to communicate, like you said, with their ancestral mm. spirits. Yeah. However, they also say that you could, if you drink too much that you throw up, this is not a bad thing, right? <laughs> it means that the vomit becomes a food for the ghosts of the dead. <laughs> very interesting. And then he talks about early Christians mm-hmm. and how they saw wine as a good thing. Now, modern Christianity, I mean, I think people sometimes tend to shun mm-hmm. the drinking. drinking. Yeah. And, if, you know, he makes a case of how Jesus provided it um, mm-hmm. during the miracles. And in the Last Supper, the mm-hmm. central rite of early Christianity was this communion, mm-hmm. yeah. having a drink. Yeah. Yeah. However, Paul they had to come out and tell Christians... <laughs> yeah. That communion is for drinking. It is not for getting drunk. Mm. And that's a distinction. Yeah. So you say you can drink a little bit, <laughs> but not enough to... But he actually <laughs> says drunk. in the book how people wanted to become Christians Just because so of the access to yeah, alcohol. Access to alcohol, uh, exactly, mm. through communion, right? Yeah. And the New Testament doesn't ask us to abstain entirely, mm. actually, from mm. alcohol. Mm. Instead, we're told, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Amen. Beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic. But not to get drunk. Huh? To him. Did you hear that part? To him. <laughs> to him. Huh? Now, guys, what I took home from you this book... You must have really enjoyed this book. I love this book. Especially the, the chapter on Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a theory of why the Russian Revolution happened. Yeah. yeah. Now, in 1914, Sir Nicholas II uh, placed a ban on the sale of vodka in mm-hmm. Russia. Four years later, 1918, he was deposed. Him and his entire family executed. Yep. All right. Now, there's a theory why there was a revolution. Mm. Theory number one is because, uh, first, let me first say why he banned mm. the sale of vodka. Vodka, apparently, when soldiers were fighting World War One, they mm. lost all their battles because when they went to war, <laughs> half the time drunk. they were drunk. <laughs> so they lost all the war. Mm-hmm. So they were enjoying themselves when they should have been fighting. Yeah. But within the three years, yeah. the population 
was so depressed mm. and it's because they were th their throats had not been lubricated <laughs> so they had mounted so much anger that they thought ah this guy has to go mm. the second theory is this that within the four years they were so sober that they actually realized how the regime was actually brutalizing them. Oh, because they were sober. Because they yeah, were sober. Yeah. They said also, oh, before that, before 1914, they were all drunk. Mm -hmm. Between 1914 and 1918, the they remained sober and they realized, this is we will fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. But the story I also took home was this. There's a man called uh, Stalin. Yeah. Now, Stalin, 1925, when he had already taken the reins of power in Russia, mm -hmm. he lifted the ban on the sale of vodka. Now, Stalin ruled using two things. Thing number one is uh, an iron fist. Mm -hmm. Thing number two is booze. <laughs> so he, he used to have, every single weekend, he used to have what uh, you call dinners. So yeah. he would summon his politburo to the palace, and he would first give them food, and then give them a drink, mm -hmm. and then another drink, and then another drink. Not because they they, they could they didn't have a choice they they, they could not refuse. Mm -hmm. Now he used to do this because of this. First he wanted them to turn against each other because when you're angry you get a little bit violent mm -hmm. and then you start fighting. When you're drunk. I mean yeah, yeah. When, when 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 you're drunk. Now he he wanted them to fight against each other, but also he wanted them to uh, say secrets. You know when you mm -hmm. take booze you have a loose mouth. And all. Yeah. So. He gave them all manner of, uh, of, of alcohol, alcohol and, and to booze. get them loose and talking. And, uh, yes, but all the time Stalin was watching them. Hmm? He had a bottle of vodka. But do you know what was in that vodka? What? Uh, in that bottle of vodka? Hmm? Water. Oh gosh, so he was <laughs> tricking <Smart. them. laughs> So he was watching them and he was filming uh -huh. them. Yeah. Just in case they said something, I was like, ah, so that is happening. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> now you next. Uh, hey, what is happening? Makes sense. Wow.